0: Sometimes acting counterintuitive to the things that are going on around you is oftentimes the best thing to do in business. When stock market, for an example, when the stock market is down, that is the time to buy. But that's the hardest time to buy stocks. And when the stock market is sky high and doing really well, and everyone's talking about how buzzing the economy is, that's when is the hardest time to sell. I liken that to an example in business when things are down and times are tough and uh, the economy is not necessarily thriving like it sometimes can. It is the hardest time to be focused on selling services and selling other things besides just this is the cheapest price you can find. However, I believe that marketing your business and preparing your business for a recession and for a downturn in the economy is incredibly important when you look at your marketing messaging. Selling the cheapest price is never the right answer in marketing, I believe. And so today we are talking about two things that you can work on in your marketing. And this is to quote unquote, prepare for a recession if we do encounter one. However, I believe these two things that we talk about in this episode are not only for that situation, but also for everyday business. I think that these are great practices to running a business and advertising your business. The two things that we talk about today is first, why does clear brand messaging work? You hear this jargon and this this slang phrases and these marketing phrases clear brand messaging, but what is it and why does it even work? Why does it help your business? Why does it help me sell more product? But also the other thing that we talk about is practical tips for clear brand messaging. What are we talking about when we create a clear brand message? What are some practical tips? We're talking about emotion. We're not talking about price. We're talking about how your products and your services solve a problem. We're not talking about why they should buy it um because you want them to buy it. We're talking about different things than just selling price. So, as you might can tell, this is a podcast about why these things work during a recession, but also it's a podcast about why these things work all the time. And of course, my co-host Chris Fox is a story brand guide. He is a someone that has been educated for years over this very topic. So he took the reins on this episode in particular uh, to talk about some of the things that he is especially an expert in. So I hope that you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Better Business Podcast, where we help you improve your family-owned retail business. I'm with my co-host today, Chris Fox from Fox Strategy, the marketing genius, and my name is Steve Cook. I'm a third-generation business owner, and with the things I've learned and talk about on this show, I've taken my family's retail business to over $10 million in sales. Now, let's get to the show.
1: Well, there's lots of talk on an economic recession on the horizon. Uh, and sadly, most business owners subscribe to the idea, well, if we don't talk about it, maybe it will go away. Um, but not making and not not talking about a recession and even worse, not preparing for it really just means that you're letting fear of a potential recession keep you from doing the things that will help you make your business recession-proof. So today, Steve, I thought we would uh, give some tips uh, to use your marketing to prepare for, and maybe even grow your business during the coming recession. And right out of the gate, let me just say that tip is you need to develop a clear brand message right now. Uh, Steve, you know, we developed a clear brand message for your business, your horse feed stores about 18 months ago. And I thought that right off the top here, I'd put myself on the spot and ask you, what do you think is the impact that's made on your brand and on your sales?
0: I think what it did more than anything was, uh, made me define to the public more of what our Mm. target audience was, um, and made us be a lot more comfortable with, with saying that. So we talked in that uh, episode real recently about creating Mm. your customer persona and it, once you do that and identify who your ideal customer is, that helps you make decisions in your business. But what a brand is, is you're basically just putting that out in the wild of, Hey guys, this is what my specialty is, or this is the customer I'm going after. Um, that might be kind of simplifying it a little too much, but, uh, I just feel like that's kind of all that is. And so what it does is it helps you tell the world of what I, what I specialize in. Absolutely.
1: And I think that, that, I'm assuming that if someone were to listen to this episode and say, okay, well, so you just said, this is going to help us grow during a recession and at minimum, you know, help us survive the recession. And then you're saying, just get really clear about your marketing message. How do those even fit together? And and that's a fair question. I think the thing that I would say to most people is that why a clear brand message works in a time of recession and even in not a time of recession is because people don't buy the best products, truthfully. Um, Instead, people buy the products that they understand the fastest. And that's really never true, more true anyway, than when we have a slow economy, when we have these down quarters that we were talking about. Um, And you've said this a bunch, Steve, and I'm, I'm Really glad to hear you say it, but price isn't the most motivating factor for most people when they go to purchase something. And that's even true during a recession. I think a lot of us assume that people will get very price conscious uh, during a recession, during a slow time in the economy. um, And we think, gosh, they're more willing to do their research. They're going to be a lot more careful with their dollars because money's tight. And that's really not true. What we've seen people do often during these slowdowns is they still are shopping for the confidence and the understanding that this product or service is going to make my life better or solve my problem. So they're still most quickly going to that instead of saying, well, but let me compare these two things, uh, you know, between price. I think it is a factor in the mix, but it is by no means the most motivating factor. Would you say that's true?
0: Yeah, and and also why a clear brand message works is because you are telling a certain group, a certain audience that this is my claim to fame and this is exactly what we do. (coughs) And it also tells that customer um, that you understand that they have a problem with this or that. And I think anybody who understands what their customer's problems are and how they solve them, yeah. which is what a brand <laughs> message is, is that person is leaps and bounds in front of any other business. Um, because typically, what a price, what a price company does that is that is just yeah. selling, we're the cheapest, we're the cheapest, we're the cheapest, is they are, by definition, saying that they don't want to mess with marketing, and they don't, they want that to be their marketing, and. By doing that, they are kind of in a sense saying that they don't understand what their customer mm-hmm. perceives as value. Um, and so I don't know. I, ju- I just have never been a big fan of price unless it holds some yeah. other value. Perhaps it's like some sort of wholesale or commercial value or something like that. Um, you know, if you're selling a different style, um, maybe you're selling in boxes or cases instead of individuals, or maybe you're selling, you know. So I'm not saying yeah. price has no place, but just checking prices consistently of your competitors and being the cheapest on everything. I, I just see uh, one of the smallest, you know, I'm in the feed industry. One of the smallest feed stores I know, um, not too far away from us. Uh, he, he's become friendly with us and he actually buys a few products from us because he can't get dealerships on them. And the guy literally knows what every big box in every, individual feed store is hmm. selling and what they're selling it for. I mean, he's obsessed. He'll say, you know what they're selling, you know, that feed for. And he'll tell wow. you, I mean, off the top of his head, he knows exactly what all these other places are selling um, products for and just is obsessed with it. And he's one of the smallest yeah. stores around. You know, it's just, it's just insane. Just obsessing over being the lowest price. It doesn't, there's other things that you can offer when, when, when you have an owner-operator behind the counter, um, he should be offering so many more different yeah. things than Tractor Supply or so many more different things than Atwoods. He should be offering, you know, uh, special orders and and I have all the nutrition knowledge and you're talking to the owner yeah. of the business and you know I mean he should be offering so many other things, but he's obsessed with price and I just don't think that. Um, clear brand messaging works, works way, way. Yeah. And one on of the, price.
1: one of the reasons it does, like you've said, Steve, it forces you as the owner to admit that you're not competing on price and you're going to compete on other things because that's what you're writing your message about. Um, and we'll get to some practical steps here to help you write a clear brand message and get ready for, you know, using your marketing to protect against a recession, Um, but I just want you to understand what Steve just said is there are ways to sell that are not a race to the bottom of price. And those ways that you sell get highlighted when you say them to your people. So if you're going to not sell on price, but let's say you're going to sell on innovation, uh, innovation is another sales tactic that is not price related. Um, others would be relationship. So if you're going to sell on relationship, it's not price related Either innovation or relationship, when you come out of the gate telling your customers, this is what we sell, this is how we sell it, this is why it makes your life better, that's a clear brand message where you set the stage. You set the expectations, you set the understanding of people doing business with you. If you don't say these things, people come in with their own preconceived notions, their own expectations, they set the stage, and then you have to compete with other brands on their uh, you know, mental real estate in their minds, you have to compete with other brands rather than right out of the gate, separating yourself. So that's some of why, um, a brand, a clear brand message actually will affect your sales that much in, in enough to say for us to confidently say, it will protect against a recession for you. But here's some practical tips, right. Of, of building a clear brand message. So firstly, uh, One of my favorite is the StoryBrand seven-part messaging framework, which you can read about in the book, Building a StoryBrand by Donald Miller, or you can also go to mystorybrand.com and build your own free brand script. Take a a swing at it, answer some questions, uh, think about your customer and and write some thoughts on it, and you'll uh, have built a brand script, your own clear brand message. So use that free tool. It'll help you clarify your marketing message. Um, But here's the other thing, some other practical tips. So you might be tempted to run a sale. You might be tempted to protect against the recession by, again, going to price, lowering them, slashing them because it's a recession. But listen, I'm telling you that if you tell your customers the story of how your products and services will make their lives better, they will stick with you. At your current prices, there is no need to go and slash those prices. You've just got to tell them the story of why those products and services make their lives better. That's really, really crucial. Again, because when you tell them that, you take the conversation out of the price column and into the innovation relationship or unique column, right? Here are ways that we serve you make your life better that have nothing to do with how much it costs. And when you take that conversation away from price, now we're talking about, the features and the benefits and how it makes your life better and how you can't get it anywhere else. And yeah, we're going to have to talk about price eventually because we're going to have to ask you to pay for it, but we're not talking about it first. We're moving (laughs) that conversation. And then I would say this, Steve, you made a great point already. The whole point of a brand of a business is to solve problems for people in exchange for money. So when you find that problem that you solve for your customers you need to talk about it and then never stop talking about it. And, and the idea here is when you stop saying that you solve problems for people, people begin to forget that you solve problems for them. You have to keep that message always up front. And that's one of the reasons the Story Brand Framework is one of my favorites. It helps you identify the problem that you solve for people and then encourages you to talk about it over and over and over again, because people will forget that you solve that problem. And then also you're always being introduced to new customers, new potential clients. You need to keep that problem we solve for you way. We make your life better, uh, right up front. Never stop talking about those two things. What do you think about those tips, Steve? And, and what would you add?
0: Man, I would, I would say that, uh, this practice going through this practice might seem um, mm. laborious, but it is definitely something that makes you a better business person and a better marketer. Just going through this because you are thinking about what what advantage do I have against my competition. And going through this practice makes you kind of take a step back and look into your business too um, I remember when you talked about uh, mm-hmm. when we first did this practice however long ago, um, I remember you said, okay so why would someone shop at your store? And I was like, uh, you know I mean it, like so for now you're thinking and then you know so you start answering and then and then you would say something like okay, so why would they do that? And why would they not just go somewhere else? And why would they do that? And why would they do that? You know, you're genuinely just asking, but going through that practice makes you go, well, because we're better. Okay, well, yeah. why are you better? You know, and you were just trying to get marketing uh, yeah. ways that you could help market, but why are you better than your competitors? And it was like, uh, we have better <laughs> customer service. And it's like, we? well, yeah. I don't know, do we? Like, I don't know if we do or not, you know? And then it was like, we're more convenient okay, how are you more convenient? It's like, well crap, maybe we're not more convenient. I don't know you know um, I think that this practice makes you better at marketing because you think, oh crap I am way better at that than other people there yeah. were sometimes I said that and then um, you know when we talked about the quality of our products, I was like, no we are I mean we we do yes. just focus on quality you know so I was confident in that area but then in some areas I was like, I probably shouldn't mm. say that. I don't know if we are um, you know, better in some areas. Um, so I think it not only makes you a better marketer by going through these practices, but it also makes you a better business owner too um, because you think about what you're good and bad at. But then also the things that you're good at, let's say quality for an example, you say, wait – I think that's why the majority of yeah. people shop with us or or I think convenience. Man, maybe I should double down on convenience a little bit more. I remember after we talked, I was like, "Man, we should probably worry about the quality of our hay um a little bit more." And, you know, so we we started actually thinking about and focusing on our quality of some of our products after that a little bit more uh, than we had in the past. So, um these are practical tips for how you can advertise and message your company, but it's also – these are great practices as a business owner to go through why are you better than your competitor? Because if you're going to say it out loud to get people in your door, it yeah, makes you really – you're thinking. exactly right.
1: And, and there's great value as a business owner in really boiling down the message of what problem you solve, the promise that you make to your customers to solve this problem for them and make their lives better, to boil that down, get really clear about it, and then get really re-excited about it. You, your employees, your staff, when you get clear, Mm -hmm. um, that helps people get excited. And not only internally, but then you're going to see your customers get excited about it too. And as you repeat that constantly all over the rest of this year and and going forward, you repeat that problem you solve and the way that your uh, business makes life better for your customers – a thing happens in your clients' minds and in, in your community's minds, you become known for that. And that's Steve, what you said at the top of the call or at the top of the podcast episode. This is what makes, <laughs> you know, you known for this and people start to connect those uh, problems you solve and ways you make life better to your brand. They see you as that problem solution, uh, you know, outlet. They see you as the make life better business. And that's really powerful. So find those things and, and then start um, to boil them down so you can get them really clear and then just run with it. Say it everywhere you can, all over your marketing channels, when you're talking to your customers, have your employees say st- versions of it when they're checking people out, and it's going to make a huge difference in your business.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, one thing that you, had, you actually had in your notes was talking about Um, Not only focusing on the practical, but also Mm. focusing on the emotional. Um, And I would say that the emotional side to marketing and honestly why people buy anything is way more powerful than practical. When you think about every single watch, why would anyone buy a watch that is not the cheapest watch you could find? Yeah. It's it's emotional. It's either a status or… Or it is a, um, you know, something that makes me feel better or it looks better. You know, um, I would say that cars are very much emotional. Why in the world? I I told my wife, my wife always talks about how she's not a brand (laughs) snob. Oh, I'm not a brand snob. I'm not, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, Cool so why do we drive the car? Oh, guys, I like the way yeah. it looks. I'm like, do you, or, you know, and why do you buy these clothes? Cause I, because they, they really are the best. Blah blah. Like, <laughs> Is it not the logo on there? You know, um, So I would say that cars are completely emotional. You like the way that it makes you feel by driving it and um, the logo on it or whatever. I mean, yeah, there is some practical sides to that. You need a six-seat car or a four-seat car you know, or whatever it might be, of course. But um, why you buy a different brand of car or why you – I would say why you choose what you buy – so much of that is emotional and not yep. practical, and um, and people forget that, especially in a time of uh, of uh, when everyone's tightening the belt. They forget that uh, that price isn't the only thing that matters. If if anything, now is the even, time to let's talk Let's take
1: about. it out of the um, the luxury area. I get a lot of pushback from people when we start talking about the emotional aspect of purchases and the aspirational identity that you're selling to your clients and your customers, people who do pushback and they say, well, that's fine for vehicles. I get it car. It's an emotional thing. Um, and I, and I, go, no, I'm not letting you off the hook. Let's bring it all the way down to the type of bread you buy bread in the grocery store. You go to that aisle and what are there 35 different kinds of bread you can buy. If price were the truest motivator for everyone, or even the majority of people There would not be 35 kinds of bread at your grocery store. Instead, you know, if you would admit to yourself that you, whatever bread you buy, there's a reason. Some of you listening buy the cheapest bread you can find, and that's why. But most of you listening will not buy the cheapest bread for a reason. And Steve, just like your wife, they can say, well, I like this. And listen, that's okay. We're not saying don't like that, but... You're admitting right there that price isn't the main motivator. So, we will also say, though, mm. that there is a section of people at the other end of that spectrum who buy the Sara Lee bread. And the Sara Lee bread is probably very similar to a middle range price bread. But you tell yourself, oh, it's better, it's fluffier, I like this. But there is something about knowing that you're the kind of person who buys the most expensive bread on the bread aisle deep inside you and, and listen, we're not trying to call anybody out here. We're saying that's okay. But as a, a but as a business owner, just get real enough with yourself long enough to know that your customers are also doing something similar. So how can you connect your products and services to that emotional, um, and aspirational identity of your clients? Very powerful stuff.
0: Here's the dude. Here's the thing too. You use that with Sara Lee bread, but think about half of the aisle is wheat bread and say what you want. I do not – I promise I do not want to argue with somebody about nutrition on – especially on On the the human side. side. I will a little bit on the equine side, but not on the human. Okay, say what you want. I swear it's better for my family or whatever, but the original first time that you ever tried whatever brand of wheat bread – you bought it because that company made you think, or put the ingredients in yeah. that it was healthy, and that le- that label appealed to you. Or buying wheat bread appealed to you because you are the type of person who buys healthy things for your household, yeah. or whatever it might be. Or you're the type of person that eats healthy, or whatever. So even even whether it's the cheapest or the mid price or the most you know highest end. It, All of it comes into all of that has parts of marketing into it. Um, It just depends on where they're marketing towards. And half the time, it's all the same companies, and they know it's one company that's (laughs) making all those different types of bread, and they know that there's a type of person that wants the most expensive. There's a type of person that wants the healthy option in the mid price range. There's a type of, you know, and you're exactly right. um, And they're all just appealing to different people. You know,
1: especially in our day and age where we have these conglomerate and, and you know just huge grocery uh, consumables companies because it's also true in skincare. It's also true in healthcare. Uh, all of this, the consumable companies. There is a reason that SC Johnson has like 18 different brands and it's because they know that you as a person will buy something on this brand because you, you know it's who you are. And it's the same for peanut butter and it's the same yeah. for cars. It's the same for dog food and horse food. Yep. It's the same for milk. So I'm just not going to let any business owner off the hook without making sure that they admit or understand that this applies to your business too. You don't have to be the conglomerate. You don't have to have 18 different versions of your product or service. It still applies to you that people emotionally buy And they buy to be a version of themselves they desire. And it's your job as an owner to connect that message to them, uh, and offer it to them in that way, because that's how you serve them best. It's not about manipulation. It's not about shame. It's how you serve them best is to help them become the version of the person that they want to be, uh, by offering them the product and service that helps them get there.
0: And here's the deal. My last podcast was Mm -hmm. about pivoting your business, um, Here's the deal. There is outside forces. I talked about this in the beginning of it. There might be government. You know, I was thinking about COVID and things like that. Uh, There's construction that goes in front of your business. There is outside things that customers' needs and wants change. There is, you know, I mean, the horse and buggy (laughs) did go away. You know, I mean, that did happen. I mean, things do change, and um, so a recession could change, or a you know maybe we go into a depression. um, You know, and things could change, but you still, I still don't feel like it's all about price, even in that situation. Um, I still think that it is about explaining and showing your value, especially to retail stores, which is what we focus on. Retail stores, I believe, in 2022 have to focus on the service and um, different aspects of their business than just the products. 90% of products can be freaking bought online for the same or cheaper price. If that was why people were coming to you… Then you would be out of business. It is some sort of service. It's the customer service. It's the speed of service. It is the other services you offer, whether it's customizable, whether it's tailored, whether it's delivery, whether it's you know um, whatever it might be. But there there has to be something different as a retail store than just I have yeah. the cheapest crap around um, or the best you know best priced mm, or totally whatever agree. it might be. Um, so uh, if there are no other thoughts from you, I, think we've Chris, it I believe it is time to uh, – hopefully we've freaked everybody out and you tell all your friends. Chris is a uh, – actually he bragged about yeah, how big of an economist he was uh, before we got on this yeah uh, <laughs> got on this so uh he has all kinds of stats and figures and knows he's been doing his own calculations and knows that we are on the brink of a a massive depression um and sign up for my economic report every month i'm totally kidding neither of us (laughs) we are neither one of us have any slightest idea of uh what the economy holds but uh we just sell crap and so uh we're always trying to figure out a different way to do that so i i hope you have found some sort of value uh out of this episode i think that all these things apply whether we do enter a recession or the economy changes in one way or another i do believe that these things apply um regardless of what the economic situation is even in times of good i think that clear brand messaging and um being clear on a uh, framework for that is is uh, beneficial for your business. So uh, the link that Chris talked about, I will put in the show notes. Uh, again, that is a story brand uh, information from Donald Miller, and he has several yeah. books about marketing and, and running a business in general uh, that Chris is a yeah, uh, certified, what do you call it? certified Cer- story yeah, brandist yeah. or something. Story brand guide. And uh, so… That is a, a huge program that uh, Donald Miller's created out of that and uh, a bunch of educational material that you can learn from his uh, frameworks. So that will be tagged below, and uh, thank you for listening to this episode of How to Use Marketing Before or to Prepare for a Recession.